My intent is to create an opportunity so people can come and experience the Royal in an informative way by either a self-guided tour or having volunteers and all that. And also, with any luck, our goal too is to improve the lighting and the sound so it can, can become a multifunctional sort of facility that community can use in a diverse way. I'm Teresa Hudson, coordinator of the Community Information Centre in Townsville. And in today's episode of Brave, we head to Winton to talk to Geraldine. We talk about the journey that she's on to bring life back into the Royal Theatre in Winton that was once owned by her grandfather, then father, and now extended family. Geraldine's excited and passionate to take on this journey, and she has a team and a community behind her supporting her all the way. This episode of Brave was produced across the lands of Koa, Woolgarugaba and Bindle people. The Community Information Centre would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land. Geraldine, can we start back at the beginning with you? Were you born and bred in Winton or in regional communities? Yes, I was. I was born in Winton. Um, I'm one of ten in my family. I'm number eight in the pecking order. Uh, my parents were both born and bred Wintonites. Um, out of the siblings, um, many of us went um, went off to boarding school and then uh, followed opportunity outside Winton. For me personally, I've been away for about 35 years and I've come back in 2021. 2021. Yeah, yeah. Have you come back to, to stay in Winton? No. Or do you I've come ca- back to visit? I've come back... Um, to support a project that we've got going, which is um, um, to do with the Royal Theatre here in Winton. So I'm in a position where I can um, allow a bit of time to contribute in a voluntary capacity. So that's brought me back, but it feels very familiar and very comfortable, very welcoming. So it's as if I've never been away. In fact, it's surprising how many people recognise me. And I'm thinking, Wow, I, well, that's I, I struggled to recognise them. Well, that shows you haven't aged. Oh, so that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a compliment. I think it might be the wild crazy hair. <laughs> I've always had that. So what was growing up in Winton like? Uh, it was um, it was comfortable. It, we were very busy. Like um, Our parents had their own businesses and um, we all contributed to, the, to work and help them out. Um, we, you know, um, had a very busy household Back in those days, the school communities, you know, had a lot of sporting activities and inter-school carnivals and things. Um, yeah, we, we were active. Um, we what, didn't have television it? until the mid-70s. So, like, a lot of our free time we spent swimming. We spent a lot of recreational time at the pool um, or out at the creeks. What was life like growing up with nine other siblings? Um, I found, you know, by the time I was born, you know, my eldest brother was close to going to boarding school. So there's, there's certain periods of my life where I, I just reflect on sharing time with my older siblings basically around school holidays. We're very, Mum is very organised. Um, we all had jobs. We had, um, you know, a, a, a little table above the kitchen sink with a list of names and a list of tasks and 
um, you know, if we, we tick the boxes on all our tasks, you know, there might be pocket money at the end of the week. Um, but it was very much a team effort. And mum, my memories of mum was that she was extremely organised. And um, the one thing I also found is with, with that era or that generation that did have the big families, they were contributors to community too in a big way. So, you know, there were always extra activities that would be involved with, whether it was, you know, with football clubs or swimming clubs or um, firefighters or what have you, you know, community really pitched in to see success of all these other uh, auxiliary activities that were relevant and important to the community. Mm. You mentioned the the Royal Theatre just before. Yeah. Can you tell me about where does that fit into your family? Yeah. So the Royal Theatre, um, back in the early 1900s, 1918, there were actually four theatres in Winton. So it was a very bustly, vibrant community here. But that was an era too where the hotels, there were limited hours and not on a Sunday. The legal age for drinking was 21. Women didn't frequent the hotels as much. So the entertainment, the modern entertainment of the, the movies was was quite an attractive um, business. So in 1918, where the current Royal Theatre sits now, there was a hotel called the Royal Mail Hotel. So the proprietors of the hotel actually at, at that time built a little outdoor theatre at the back of the hotel. So if you stayed at the, the Royal Mail Hotel, you had a bonus experience of being able to watch a movie from your room. So the theatre was, well, the three, four theatres were a very important part of community. The Royal opted for an interesting uh, direction in 1930 when it upgraded its machinery and showed a talkie movie for the first time in Winton. And uh, as a result, um, the other three cinemas thought it was a passing trend and subsequently didn't survive, but the Royal went, went forward in leaps and bounds. In 1938, my grandfather, Bill Evert, saw an opportunity. Um, the publican was keen to sell off the theatre. So Bill um, purchased the, the theatre and um, was very excited and happy about the, the transaction. Uh, a week and a half later, however, a fire broke out in the projection room and it, um, it took out a quarter of the street, basically. The fire devastated a number of buildings on... Uh, this side of town, um, the weather conditions were bad. Timber out here, extremely dry, and and there were issues for the firefighters. We had a lot of water, but very little water pressure. So, um, you know, the the ability to fight fire um, was was a challenge. So, anyway, Bill lost his business. Uh, fortunately, there were no. Um, casualties and and part of that was because it was an open-air theatre actually so that was a bit of a saving grace um so not to be deterred Bill saw the opportunity of rebuilding the theatre so he got on a plane within a week and a half flew to Brisbane and acquired the latest projection equipment with sound he arrived back in Winton and acquired the freehold of the site that the Royal Mail stood on and subsequently cleared the area, put some corrugated tin up and a couple of telephone posts with a screen and within six weeks he screened a movie which was a demonstrating to the community that he was serious, that it was going to happen, it was important 
and let's move forward from this disaster. So he sort of allowed, it was allowed a little bit of time to build the structure that's in place today. Um, he, he built um, with an innovation of putting a skating rink at the front of the theatre. He had shop frontages, so there was a revenue stream there. So he and his wife, Nell, had six children. The three boys, Vince, Neil and Peter, all stayed here in Winton. The three girls, Margaret, Maureen and Lynette, subsequently married and left town. Um, Bill and Nell passed away at quite an early age. So the siblings acquired the complex, which um, the shop frontages, Neil was an electrician, so he had his business running from one shop. Peter was a pharmacist, he had his business running. Mum and Dad had a um, furniture shop and a gift and gem shop, so they had their little business running. So there was a little revenue stream. The boys ended up buying the girls' share out so they could move on and do other things with their lives. Um, and Dad was the one who was in the position to take over the theatre. He just really valued its place in community and how important it was. So in 1965, he um, became the picture show man. At that stage, there were seven of us. So we grew up with the picture theatre. So what was growing up in a picture theatre like? We, were, we didn't really appreciate that one of my first memories was probably sulking after being woken up from a sleep on an afternoon having to go down and clean the picture show. The, the main centred area of the theatre is um, recycled bricks from the ruins of the fire. So, you know, sweeping with a straw broom through these rows and rows and rows of um, uh, brickwork with cigarette butts and lolly papers and what have you. It just seemed to take forever and it was just not a pleasant job. <laughs> However, we, we, we'd quite happily scurry down first thing in the morning to see what coin we could find. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, as, as we got older, we all had different roles and different jobs. So we used to have to take bookings for our Saturday night movies. And then when they'd come to the movies with their tickets, uh, we would usher them to their seats. And, um, and that, was, I, that was quite uh, a common practice up until the numbers started declining in the maybe mid-70s. Um, so, but yeah, candy bar duties, cleaning duties, through to, um, you know, then the, the administration side, we'd always have to do the banking and make sure we have the right change and all that. So we were learning business skills without realising it. Um, Absolutely. And also taking a great sense of pride in how the picture show was presented. And I find myself doing that now. I just feel it's important you know, if you were presenting something to the public that you um, deliver in the best possible way you can. Yeah. So the Picture Theatre, when did it cease operating in its full capacity? Yeah, there was a the big decline. My, my father um, passed away in the 1990s, late um, 1998. Um, prior to that, you know, there was a decline in its viability anyway, but Dad had um, created a program um, appreciating that a lot of travellers were coming through and it's just an iconic building and it has a story. So he um, came up with a recipe to create a nostalgia night, a yesteryear experience. So back in the day, uh, the theatre was where you'd go to um, see your current newsreels. So it was a place where 
it was very informative. But you'd also have um, local businesses promoting new mm. products or public notices, you know. Um, I found a slide recently that was um, advertising where to get your polio injection, which is quite ironic um, given where we're at now with COVID. So, um, so the uh, the format was generally, you know, you'd have God Save the Queen, a slide of the Queen, the advertising signs, a newsreel, then a, 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 a cartoon, you know, one of those um, Sylvesterus and Tweety Bird or The Roadrunner, and then your feature film, but this, um, the modelling now, we for our nostalgia nights, it's that format with a little bit of black and white content. So it gives people a bit of a history of the place. So that was the saving grace, I suppose, of the theatre with as a revenue stream. So we've, it, it's been operating but not with a consistent pattern. Um, my uncle is the custodian, so after my dad died further down the track, my aunt and mum sold their interests to my uncle Peter. So he kept the screenings happening. However, he's ageing um, and so it was just the theatre was needing some attention. So a couple of local people, a chap by the name of Jeff Close, who's a local um, historian, and another chap, Luke Miller, who was interested in machinery and the projection side of things, etc., rallied and, and formed a not-for-profit. And that um, gave a little bit of a structure. And as it's turned out, that group has sort of slowly um, added to its volunteers and and one of my cousins, Gav, Gavin, who's he's pretty passionate about um, the structure and, you know, the history and, and the importance of the theatre moving forward and what it can continue to give to the community. And, um, you know, they, they secured a lease arrangement with my uncle and um, had a little bit of funds there to do a bit of a revamp, the cafe um, that was there in the foyer area you know, was deteriorating. So Gav worked on a plan to um, get the foyer back to as close to original as we possibly could. So we just um, put in a big effort in February to do the foyer, tidy it up, um, which we were thrilled with what we discovered. We found beautiful brickwork that survived the uh, 1938 fire, which were bricks made here in Winton, you know, it's the, the sole uh, wall that, you know, was built in 1918. So it's really special being able to show that and just the flooring and um, it's just a really nice space, a welcoming space. Um, and then we were given the room next door. So we've created um, a museum. Um, so we've found things, we've placed them, we've, we're teasing out a bit of a a story with what we've got um, and it's enough to probably now seek professional support to um, to demonstrate, you know, our goal, which ultimately is to have the theatre as an operating museum where people can come and really get a sense of appreciation of the building, its story, the theatre's place in community, you know, how the theatre was relevant in the lives of locals and, yeah, I just sort of think it's it's quite important and the response that we've received is amazing and everyone's excited and and appreciative. Um, 
but also from our visiting um, client, you know, customers, it's it's exciting. It's just it's some another attraction, and we're hoping we we will put a call out to community to sort of come forth with. Uh, any memorabilia. Yeah. So like we were in there earlier today yeah. and you had a lady call in with yeah. a newspaper article. Yeah, from 1950. She was going through a paperwork and she's also brought us in um, uh, newspaper clippings from uh, the fire basically, so 1938 newspaper clippings. So they're treasures. And um, so now that we've we've got a good template and we've got a start, we're well on our way Geraldine, can you tell me when you were restoring parts of the theatre, what were the challenges in that? Logistics, um, supply, um, like uh, we we actually made um, our, our canvas chairs are on metal frames so we had to get those fabricated down the Gold Coast and freighted out and um, there's a limit on building opportunities here, builders, etc. So um, we were just fortunate to have one of the family members who had those skills, but it was a very concentrated process. But yeah, we have to bring all the supplies in. And that has to to be, oh, it does. And it's, um, you try and support local as, uh, and, and I do go local first, but basically you can't afford to wait two weeks for things to come in, you know, if you need them in two days, you know, like chairs (laughs) and canvases and, but yeah, getting things done. And also I I think another challenge that I'm experiencing is that we've got this museum that we want to tease out and I've got to actually take now a lot of um, so our um, our slides and our picture bills and what have you, I've got to take them south to, south to be assessed and get some formal um, professional um, advice and curating. And so trying to do these things remotely um, takes time. And as I said also uh, earlier on today when we were in the projection room, that, you know, if there's mechanical issues with any of our equipment, we lose a lot of time and potentially, you know, the show doesn't go on. Um, so we're constantly, we're trying to build up a reserve of uh, backup equipment. So just, yeah, delivery of of goods. And um, my intent is to come back and help out next year again to create an opportunity so people can come and experience the Royal in an informative way by either a self-guided tour or having volunteers and all that. So if we can get it set up, we can share the story. And also with any luck, our goal too is to uh, get it, um, improve the lighting and the sound so it can can become a multifunctional sort of facility that um, community can use in a diverse way. Uh, What I've noticed is people want to pay respect to their elders, as in the foundation of, you know, say the Lawn Bowls Club, you know, it was run for, as a not-for-profit and a lot of, it was a very, again, very important part of community and all that. However, if you're just keeping it open for that memory and it's not a functional facility, why not in the memory of those loved ones or those committed ones, tweak it to something more relevant now for community? Mm. If we do this well, 
we can hand it back to community or hand it over to community and say there's another 50 years, you know. Um, what I've also loved with our family, our extended family, is that the next generation are interested. We had um, a couple of cousins had children out here for the festival and, you know, the hands went up to help make popcorn and, you know, to sweep and to do jobs around the theatre and, and I just think that's what we experienced and um, these kids are excited by what they're, they're seeing and witnessing. They're seeing a lot of their dad's cousins or the family rally together and work with community members. You know, everyone's sort of um, uh, keen to, you know, help out and develop their skills. And again, you know, if momentum keeps growing, we hope to build, we do need to build our volunteer base and that we can share the load and um, give them an opportunity to um, participate in different areas of the of the theatre. Yeah. What's the story with the Griffith University? Um, you're working. So with Griffith them? Griffith University are um, heavily involved with the Vision Splendid organisation. That um, there's a film festival out here in June July. So Vision Splendid. It's Film Festival's been running for about seven or eight years, I believe. Um, they basically hire the theatre from us so um, and they work in conjunction with Griffith University. So they actually, um, Griffith, bring out about 90-odd students, I think they had this year. So they come out as part of, part of their assessments and have to write a script, cast, find sets, create a short film so they're working in the community for a couple of weeks, which is very exciting. And Vision Splendid has brought a lot of attention, particularly in the film and arts industry, out to Winton. And for us, um, drawn focus on the theatre. How great is that initiative for the community as a whole, but because they're coming out, you said, for a couple of yeah. weeks to experience a regional th- town um and and be immersed in the whole community it, it's really captured on their last night where they have the opportunity of their um short films being presented on the big screen you know and a couple of hundred people watching and and um supporting these young innovative creative people my experience this year i had great engagement with the kids um who were you know, challenged to actually find resources and, you know, one of the criteria is they've got to engage some local people. And um, so it's really exciting that they have an opportunity to to also know how hard it can be to, to be remote and not have things at your fingertips. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I thoroughly enjoyed the activity around town with these young people because they had an energy, they were... Um, you know, um, engaging with community and and supporting community, and that's what we've. I'm pleasantly surprised the amount of um, comments people make about the fact that there's so much more here to Winton, and a lot of the attractions are built on personalities or um, uh, sort of iconic. Um, uh, characters that have, you know, have done something different, like Willie Ma, uh, who was a Chinese immigrant who had the market garden uh, next street over. I can remember as a kid going to Willie Ma's. He never had power. He had this amazing garden out the back, but he knew how to work the soil and water, 
you know, because we had artesian bore water, which was generally boiling. Um, and he could grow, he grew mango trees, he drew straw, grew strawberries and, you know, he created a living through, you know, his his understanding and knowledge of the, the land and the water and didn't speak a lot of English but he, you know, lived quite happily and became an iconic sort of figure in the community. So, like, if you've got time to explore with these major attractions, you've got them but then there's these other Hidden little gems. fringe um, uh, stories that you can learn about and then ultimately to see your town highlighted in their movies on the big screen was was quite a bonus. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a really good initiative and I think it's something that's just going to go from strength to strength. Geraldine, thank you for joining me today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for giving us um, an opportunity to share the good news about the theatre. It's um, it is a good news story, and we're so proud of what we're what we're achieving and what we hope to uh, to give back to the community. So, thank you. BRAVE is jointly funded by the Commonwealth and Queensland governments under the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements. This podcast is produced by Damien Lawarden.